can feel it down in my plums. When I hear a sound, I rap at the door, my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. And I say, no, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. The way he learned from his father. <laughs> Let the boy watch the way he learned from his father. Welcome back to Let the Boys Watch, an entertainment podcast brought to you by Going Great Productions. Today we're going to be talking about the 2007 drama, There Will Be Blood, based loosely off the Upton Sinclair, Sinclair book, Oil. Wow, I can't speak. Directed by <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano, Sierra Hines, Kevin O'Connor, and Dylan Frazier. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Robbie, and alongside me is two of my favorite milkshakes of all time. <laughs> uh, one of our co-hosts, Cousin Benny. How you doing? Doing good. Some would call me an oil man. I think they would. You look like <laughs> one. And alongside us, another one of our co-hosts, and our good friend, Ryan. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well, Robbie. How are you? Good. Um, my voice is uh, is back, so hopefully I can uh, get through this without mumbling through it like I did the intro. That's quite all right. I still love you. I don't know about Benny, but I still do. Thank hey. you. Well, he, he already gave me shit. Hey, so if you get through the rest of this podcast, I'll Venmo you $5. Oh. <laughs> thank thank you. Bad. A little break even. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Robbie said, this is Let the Boys Watch, and we are talking about uh 2007s right 2007s what uh there will be blood directed by paul thomas anderson it was paul thomas anderson week uh there will be blood edged out um punch drunk love and boogie nights um hopefully those two maybe get into the vote rotation again because they're both very good and benny hasn't seen them um but before we get into the movie a couple of housekeeping items one Send us an email, you fucks. Yeah. LTBWpodcast at gmail.com. It's not hard. We love getting them. And we'll read them on the air. And if you get it within the next three days or four days, you'll get a couple extra entries into the sweepstakes that Benny's going to tell you about in about two seconds. But first, follow us on Instagram. Let the boys watch pod. Find all of uh, you know those cool memes that Benny creates and votes and all that cool stuff. But Benny, please tell him about the last four days of September sweeps. September sweepstakes, baby. We have one more poll for you guys. It's going to be this Friday. Uh, if you don't know what September sweeps is, we are giving you an entry to win $100, either an iTunes gift card or a movie theater of your choice, just by voting in our polls. Uh, you can also write us an email, like Ryan mentioned before. That'll get you another entry into the poll and for a beautiful wonderful three bonus entries you can leave us a review on apple podcasts please uh screenshot that and send it to us so we know you sent it and yeah we love hearing from you so so join us ltbw podcast at gmail.com for those emails and let the boys watch pod on your instagram damn right and also if you're watching us on YouTube, I don't know where the bell is, but 
fucking subscribe. Yeah, Robbie's pointing it out right now. It's right <laughs> down by his crotch. There's <laughs> my straw. My my straw came down across yeah. the room <laughs> and drink up your subscriber milkshake. <laughs> um. So, Benny and yes. Robbie, I believe you've seen this before, correct? I have. I actually saw it in a actual movie theater. Oh, look at this guy! Look out! Did you get snacks while you were there? Concessions? I don't know. I don't remember. It's uh, it's been so long. Maybe I had a couple in my cargo uh, pants pockets. Maybe a couple <laughs> Skittles and some Sour Patch Kids. I had them dug deep in there. Yeah, in your Jinkos. Ah, oh, Jinkos are out of style by then. Um. So Benny, uh, because you have never seen it, I'd love to hear like what you thought going into this movie. Like, did you have? Obviously, I think around that time, you must have heard I drink your milkshake, you know, things like that. But wh what were your thoughts going into this movie? So I did not know the I will drink your milkshake line. Uh, I actually oh. knew literally nothing about this movie. Um, for some reason, I thought it involved trains. Uh, maybe I was confusing it with 310 to Yuma. I don't know. Um, but I remember I was very hype on No Country for Old Men when this movie came out. So I think because they were getting compared a lot, um, my small brain couldn't handle more than two movies. So I said, I'm never going to watch that movie. I love No Country for All Men and how <laughs> dare there will be blood win any Oscars over this movie. Um, but yeah, so I really didn't know too much about it at all. And I went in pretty, pretty blind. Nice. Well, it really did. It really didn't because No Country uh, beat There Will Be Blood for Best Picture and uh, the Coen Brothers beat Paul Thomas Anderson, best director. Yeah, I think they, but uh, there will be blood. Blood definitely picked up a couple, um, but I was, I was, I was hoping for the clean sweep, babe. Uh, it won an Oscar for best performance by an actor in a leading role. I think that's yeah. what got my goat. Yeah, and uh, cinematography for <laughs> uh, Mr. Robert Elswit. Um, but yeah, it did. It didn't win for best picture. It didn't win for directing, writing, editing, art direction, or sound editing. But it was nominated for all of those. And funny story connection to No Country for Old Men. They were filming at the same time in a very similar area, and No Country for Old Men had to actually stop filming a few times because of all the smoke from the oil fire. So really, yeah. Very interesting. Like Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> um, so I guess let's do some overall impressions. Um, Robbie, would you like to go first? You want me to go first since Benny was just talking? Uh, you can go first, Ryan. All right. Um, overall impressions. I mean, I haven't actually seen this movie in a long time. It's probably been like 15 years like i think i saw it like once when it first came out and then again like pretty close after that like maybe when it came out on like dvd or something and then i hadn't seen it since so i forgot like a lot of things about this movie i like remembered some of the major points and stuff but watching it this week i definitely was like oh yeah that's right this happened and i forgot what happened with this so i was actually going into this movie i was actually kind of not interested in watching it i don't know why i just wasn't in like the frame of mind of wanting to watch this but once i started watching it i was getting into it and i was like oh, all right what's gonna you know 
I vaguely remember this. This happens. What's going on? I like this movie. I, there's a lot to like in it. Um, the acting is superb. Um, obviously, Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing in it. Paul Dano is amazing in it. Um, even the kid, H.W., I forget. Frazier, is he? He's Frazier, I think. Frazier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was awesome. I mean, he hasn't been in anything since, but he was really good. Um, and the cinematography, I'm sure we'll hear from Robbie on that, our chief cinematography expert. Um, but I like this movie a lot, but I also understand because there's a lot of hate for this movie on the really? interwebs. Yeah. I was looking at, you know, doing my research in anticipation of the show. And there's a lot of people that are like, I don't get this movie. Everyone loves this shit and it, nothing happens. It's stupid. And I'm like, all right, well, come, pump your fucking brakes. But I can see why maybe some people wouldn't like it. I, however, do like it. But I'm curious to hear uh, what your guys' thoughts are. So, Robbie, Benny, whoever wants to go. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Sorry. It's <laughs> a couple, couple of burps. Back to back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Ryan said, um, I saw the movie in the theater in 2007. And I, and I believe I might have saw it uh, when it came out on DVD after. But other than that, I haven't seen it in, in 15 years. Um, again, like Ryan said, as I was watching this movie, there were some parts that I was like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot that Paul Dano played two, basically two people, like Paul and Eli. And yeah, I I just, I don't know. I, I, I love the movie, you know, in 2007, forgot about it. I don't remember leaving the theater. I was like, holy shit, Daniel Day-Lewis. What a fantastic performance. But then watching it again, it just made me realize what a great movie this was. Like a, a masterpiece in in film, a masterpiece in directing, the acting, like you said, Ryan, Paul Dano, um, Young H.W. and Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, that's probably, Daniel Day-Lewis, this is probably, in my opinion, a top 10 acting performance of all time. I mean, right up there with any De Niro, Pacino, you know, um, DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. It's, <laughs> he is just in I almost every single scene in this movie, uh, I think besides like two scenes, he's commanding. It's just a, an amazing performance. And like you said, the cinematography was top notch. It won an Academy Award and why not? Just the, the, the landscape shots and some of the shots that were in it. And the score was phenomenal. I don't care. I think out of every movie we watched so far, this is my favorite score. Really? It's everything I yeah, I think it's everything I wanted in the score. Specific scenes, you know, the tension, the nervousness, um, you know, all those things that it had. Just subtle, subtle music that really, you know, captured the moment of of this every scene. But yeah, I I came out of this movie in two thousand seven, loving it, and I came out of it in twenty twenty three, loving it even more. Nice for me. For me, um, I mean, I'm not gonna really like tiptoe around it a lot. Like I was like. In, like I don't even want to know the word, but like entranced by this movie, like I was so into it. Like I, 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 I was almost speechless at the end of it. It was just so, like gripping. And I guess that you know that has a lot to do with the performances you got. Like Robbie mentioned, the score just kept you on the edge of your seat. Just watching this guy, like it was always in him, and you saw bits of it. But like the spiral that he went on, and just the way Daniel Day Lewis played this character. And, you know, we got to mention Eli as well, even though he's so hateable in the movie, he's like toe to toe with Daniel Day-Lewis the whole time. And it's just 
incredible. You know, I said after the movie ended that he didn't get nominated for any awards for this. And I was like, how? I, I just thought he was so good, too. But yeah, man, I mean, everything, the all the shots, the set pieces, the direction, you know, all the different stories and how they wove together. Um, just by the end of it, I was like, wow, this was incredible. I don't understand why I never saw this. I'm actually kind of happy I saw it now and not back then because I feel like being older, I appreciated it way more than like maybe a surface level understanding I would have had uh, as as a 20 year old. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I really can't say enough good things about it. And, you know, from being Mr. No country for old men, I'm, I gotta say that this movie was, was better. Wow. And I have to, that's amazing. I love hearing it, but I have to agree with you. Like when I saw it as what, uh, 24 year old, the only thing I really appreciated was the performances, but now watching it again, the, the way it was shot, like you said, the set pieces and just the cinematography blew me away uh second time around. I just I I I was amazed by it, speechless. Like you said, when when I turned this movie off last night, I must have went on the internet and read about it for an hour before I went to bed. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was like I I again and this is like one of those things where I hate watching movie trailers. I hate watching even like video games I want to play. Like if I know I'm going to play it, I don't want to see anything from it. I don't want to be spoiled in any way, shape or form. And like this movie is a perfect example. Why? Like me not knowing anything and just going in completely dry. Like I felt experiencing it was just it just made it that much better than having like an idea of what was to come. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, Benny, when people try to tell me something about a film, they're like, no, it doesn't spoil anything. I'm like, I don't want to fucking know <laughs> yeah. what font the credits are in. Like, don't tell <laughs> yeah, me yeah. anything at yeah. all. And and yeah. people get like insulted. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> well, I'm going through it right now because um, not to to take a huge tangent, but they're remaking the Final Fantasy seven game and breaking it up into different games. Right. The first one was incredible. The second one is coming out early next year and it's starting to like they're starting to release like gameplay and trailers and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And I've only watched a little tiny bit of it because of how much I enjoyed the first one. Like, I just want to go into this one fresh. I know I'm going to love it. And I, I have complete trust in it. I don't need to see anything. I just want to like be surprised by by all of it. Yeah, I, I still think I need to get a PS5 to just to play that game. But dude, it's so good. It's with a, all we'll do my it, we'll abundance do, of free time, I don't know when I'm going to play. Yeah, we'll do. We'll we'll table this conversation for let the boys play. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I wanted to mention one quick fun fact before we move on. I didn't want to interrupt you guys, but uh, do you guys know who the composer was? Uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, right? That's correct from Radiohead. So big Radiohead guy, big yeah. Radiohead guy. Yeah. Now nah, that I, I when I heard that, I was like, holy shit, really? And then I looked up and he he scored a bunch of different movies, especially uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's. The so, uh, whatchamacallit, sorry, the uh, oh, go ahead. like you talk, you talk about trailers and there's some times when I, I watch a trailer and then I'll watch a movie and then you'll be like two hours in. I'm like, oh, well, that part didn't in the trailer. We didn't get to yet. So and it kind of ruins it. Yeah, but this. I mean, going back and watching this trailer 
Yeah. It it's it's an amazing trailer with with the actual like score in the trailer. It's just a, a fantastic trailer. And it got me hyped up and I was ready to fucking start drilling <laughs> in the back of my yard to see if I could find any oil down there. <laughs> uh, um all right, should we do some ratings? Let's do some plum scales. Does anyone want to go first? Not me, no. Oh. Ryan, do you want to go first? I can go second. Yeah, I'll go first. Whatever. Um, so I actually struggled with this reading a bit um, because I really like a lot of things about this film, um, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't know if I'll watch it in, for another ten, fifteen years. Um, I settled on a nine point two. Um, I think it definitely could be higher or lower. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, str- I, I really like this film, but I don't want to watch it again. And that watch rewatchability for me, not again, but like not for a while. Rewatchability for me is like is big as far as like how I rate things. I mean, I definitely take into account like all these elements the cinematography the score the acting the story all that stuff so that's why it's getting such a high grade but like yeah i don't i typically rate movies higher the more i want to watch them um and this one like i loved watching it but i don't care if i watch it again anytime soon i don't know if that makes sense um but that's how i feel no it does i mean and you've mentioned a bunch of times that you know rewatchability is is high for you like that 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 makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, Rob, you want to go last? Sure. So my my previous thought was if this movie is a 10, I like as soon as it ends, I say that was a 10. And I didn't do that with this movie. And I was thinking it, but I was thinking about it like all day today. And I made the the post that we're going to we're going to post tomorrow with the scores and the first thing that i put down was 9.8 and i'm sitting there thinking and i was actually talking i was working with anthony today and i he saw it and he's like oh am i getting a sneak peek and he saw the score (laughs) and he was like wow that's really high and i was like yeah but you know what like honestly i thought it was going to be a 9.9 and i was like well what can really be a 9.9 like if you're going to give something a 9.9 like what what's dinging it 0.1 points and I was like, maybe I should just give it a 10 because like it really like I loved it that much. And honestly, like I was going to stick with my 9.9 until I was just talking about it and hearing you guys both talk about it. And I am going to change it and make it a 10 because it really like was just, I don't know, front to back, like just such an awesome movie. And for me, the acting performances just like make it shoot to that next level where like what what's getting better than this as far as this movie goes i love the story the acting was fantastic the score was fantastic um like robbie said when it was over i just wanted to read more about it and um you know dive in more and yeah i I don't think that anything you could make anything better about this movie than what was already done so i am going to give it a 10 my second overall 10 love it robbie fantastic yeah, so like I said previously in my opening plum thoughts, um, <laughs> the just everything again. I'm not going to go into detail about that stuff, but just everything that I love, 
you know, this movie has. It has phenomenal acting, great cinematography, great story, great directing. It's, I don't know. I just, it it was, again, it was like Shawshank, two and a half hours, but I didn't check my phone. The pacing was great. You started off 14 minutes with, with absolutely no, no dialogue whatsoever. And it just was so gripping just to see Daniel Day-Lewis walking around and, and, you know, becoming the man that he, that he was, I guess, destined to become. And it's just a great movie in a, in a great time period, like the industrial revolution. Like it just shows you how, how these people just shaped the country. Um, the things that they did to get the country where it is. And it's a basically a movie about, you know, greed and control and just, you know, two, two different people from two different backgrounds, but in the end, the same person, if you think yep. about it, right. Daniel's a politician. He'll say anything and do anything to get his way. But so is Eli, yep. right. Eli, Eli is using his, you know, his manipulation tactics in the form of, of Jesus Christ and preying on people and religion. So in the end, is they're the same person, and I and I just love that story about you know good versus evil. But is it really good versus evil? Is it evil versus evil? And you see these people today, like all these these tech companies, these these tech people, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, using fucking you know being dumped by his girlfriend as motivation to to start Facebook, and 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 how evil these people are to get what they want. And it's always been like that in America, and it's always going to continue to be like that. So that's why. I love this story. And I, like Benny said, I was going back and forth the entire day and even last night and on my plum writing, but I have to, I I mean, I can't call it a masterpiece and love everything about it (laughs) and not give it a a 10. So I'm going to give it a 10 because I I think it's fucking absolutely fantastic. This movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you the whole way. And just a quick little story, like when it started. So I have this weird issue. I don't know if it's a specific app, but there are times when I'm watching something and there's no dialogue, like all the sounds going on around me. But for some reason, the voices aren't working and I have to like restart the app. And for some reason, then my center channel kicks in. So the first 14 minutes of the movie, I'm like, am I missing dialogue? Is there like a voice (laughs) over here? Like what's going on? And uh, when I finally got the baby crying, I was like, okay, good. I'm getting, I'm getting the voices, but yeah, I had that same thing and I'm not going to take credit for the, you know, this not quote unquote theory, but it is um, something I read. I think it was on Collider about the ending and just how, like you said, Robbie, it's, you know, the story of these two men and Eli being, you know, I'm the third revelation, which is in, in the, the Bible or whatever. The first revelation is Moses giving, the tablets, I forget what the second one was, maybe Jesus, Jesus' teachings to man. And the third revelation was any any man who had God inside of them that was able to speak, uh, you know, about God's will or, or what he wanted done. And that was the whole third revelation thing. And by the end of the movie, that is what uh, Daniel realizes about himself is like he is the one that has the power of God with oil. So that whole I am third revelation at the end of the movie is just the culmination of that story and that two that that rivalry between the two of them where one thinks that that they're the third revelation and they have the power of God when in reality it's that it's it's Daniel. And I just love that and I love the story that that this movie told. And like you said, it was just a masterpiece for me. Yeah, I was I was hoping we'd get into because it this discussion doesn't really fit into like our segments necessarily, but just the fact that, and Robbie already brought it up, but that they're two 
sides of the same coin. They're just, they're using the power that they have, whatever that may be as to influence the people around them to get their way, whether it's uh, Eli with the church or Daniel with his oil and his money and his and influence and whatever. And it, it definitely was, you know, I love the allegory of, uh, you know, America and like the, the struggle, the power struggle between religion and capitalism or money or business, whatever you want to say for like the control of, uh, America's society or, you know, whatever. Um, and how like, you know, sometimes one wins, sometimes the other, but, uh, and sometimes they're the same, you know, um, I just, I love that part about this movie. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it, to be loosely based on uh, Upton Sinclair's book, which if you don't remember your high school social studies class, he wrote The Jungle as well. Um, so to be kind of loosely based on that, but also just highlighting, you know, the the way that the capitalists just took over this country um, in that time period, like just just so interesting, like you don't think about how they really like just took this country for their own um and are still doing it and same you could argue the same for religion i think well that was kind of one of the points that they brought up in the article that i read about how like yeah you can say religion has power over everybody still in this country but you know there are so many people in this country that don't believe and they can get through their day just fine without god right but try no matter how green you think you are tell me one point in your day where you didn't use a plastic or you didn't use electricity that was brought to you by burning oil like oil is like omnipresent in our whole life like even if you think you're not using it you're using it for something and like the power that these people have had over the country and just the way they showed that through daniel I just thought was incredible. And it was, you know, it makes you think of like the Rockefellers, you know, the steel companies and, you know, yeah. yeah, And yeah, I was going to say, and it even like, I was getting aviator vibes from this movie at one point, just like the spiral that he went on and how he ended up alone in this huge house by the end of the movie. Um, Yeah. It was just, like I said, it was the the first thing I said, well, you know, I always ask me as soon as the movie ends, what'd you think? And I just said, interesting like it was just so interesting and i was just like i said so caught up in the movie and i I just couldn't take my eyes off of it yeah and i find it so not funny but like i said like when i look back in history and the things i love it's usually like all right i like the revolutionary war but like like i said before this time period is again so fascinating to me because of how limited they were in technology but how much they actually got done and how much, like I said, it shaped America. Like you watch that series on History Channel, like the men who shaped America, and it's so true. Like your Rockefellers, your Carnegies, your Fords. Um, yeah, they just swooped up everything. Standard Oil was swooping up everything and just, you know, all the money that Rockefeller was making. And I also find it funny, like in the movie Eli, obviously, and like how he's got like kind of poo-pooing Daniel. But like, if you look at back on history, religion and all that stuff like how many wars were started because of religion or how many people were killed and persecuted because of religion so it's such a hypocrisy in the way eli thinks but obviously you know he doesn't like what daniel does but he sure as hell you know 
wants the money that Daniel's, you know, making off of oil and, and off of the land. So yeah, that's what fascinated. Like again, like 24 year old me, maybe I got the the you know, the overall theme of this movie. But like as I got older and like 40 year old me, it it just it, it hits as the kids say, it hits differently. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's such a great point. And I think like one of the it's kind of a throwaway line, but like to me, it hit was at the end of the movie when Eli comes begging and, you know, you, you know, it's the end of the twenties and he just that line where like, Oh, the economy is so bad. And like, you just see how much that, how much money that Daniel has that that's not even a concern. I'm going to sleep in my bowling alley and eat my fucking steak when I wake up in the like, whenever <laughs> I wake up, like, it's just, you know, it's, it's such like a little throwaway line, but to me, it's like, you know, it's, it just reminds you of like, what was actually going on during some of these times. So again, just like just the little details and, you know, the thing, the commentary on America in that time, I just thought was fantastic. And it's funny that he said that with a fucking humongous cross jewelry. <laughs> yeah. accessory there. Yeah. Yeah. What'd he say? He said, what'd he say? The Lord didn't let it, let, let me know about the, the financial hardships that were coming. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. My investments or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Easy to easy to be ice cold when you got all that fucking <laughs> diamonds on your. Chest. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny too? Like I didn't. I'm just thinking about it right now. Maybe, excuse me. Maybe I'm stretching a little bit here, but Daniel starts out the beginning of the movie as like a silver miner, right? And at the end of at the end of the movie, Eli comes in with that silver cross. I wonder if that like that was an intentional thing that they did, but Maybe. I just it just kind of clicked in my head right now. Yeah, could be. Now, you know, you think maybe Daniel just like, I fucking mine that silver, you little prick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you do? Nothing. You just screamed and yelled at, at your congregation. Yeah. Yeah. I dragged my body 10,000 miles on <laughs> a rocky plane to get to where I am. Crazy. Um, I'm sure we'll, pro- who knows, we'll probably talk about this stuff again, but should we get into some segments? Let's do it. Um. Robbie, would you like to do favorite characters or least favorite characters first? Uh, let's go least favorite. I think we did favorite last week. Okay. Uh, would you like to start? No, because I'm still struggling to pick a least favorite character. I know. It's it's pretty hard in this movie to pick a least favorite. Um, I'll start just because I have one in my brain, but it this is hard because even the fucking assholes or the people you don't like i mean technically you know you want to say daniel's the protagonist but he's a piece of shit um and paul dano's a piece of shit but like they're great characters it's it's easy for them to be your favorites i'm gonna go with um i forget his full name but bandy the the guy the holdout not because any reason but basically just he wanted uh Daniel will come talk to him and I don't I don't hate the character I don't know he just he just annoyed me for no other reason I have no real reason <laughs> that's but fair. he just annoyed me <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Hey. there's a lot there's a lot of people that annoyed me in uh plenty of movies <laughs> yeah uh just I don't know just, like but I um I mean I'm no fan I'm no fan of religion uh you guys, I'm sure, know that about me. And I, I don't care. Like, anyone can practice any religion they want. But when, like, for him to 
just be completely like, oh, you want to lease my land? Go get baptized in our church. Like, I just find that to be such a weird request as far as like, that's what I want for you to lease this land. I mean, I understand it's like, now you're part of the congregation, you're part of the flock, like I can trust you, quote unquote. I, I don't know, but he just annoyed me. So that's why yeah. I'm picking him. I think that was Eli too turning the screws on that one. He probably oh, hundred percent. Like went yeah. to him and said, um, do you want to go back to back, Robbie? You want me to take middle? I never really take middle. Yeah, sure, if you don't mind. All right. Um, so again, in a 10 movie, like there really needs to be not like not a bad character in the movie. So the one thing I will say is my least favorite character by default, I guess, is uh, the character played by Paul F. Tompkins, Prescott. And that's because he wasn't in the movie as much as I would have liked. I, the one thing I saw was that Paul F. Tompkins was in this movie. Um, and he really, I don't even think he said a line. Uh, Cause I remember like towards the middle of the movie, I was like, wait, where the hell is he? Um, so it's just my shout out for Paul Tompkins. I like him as a comedian. I think he's a funny dude. Uh, and I just wish I got to see a little bit more of him. Good choice. Nice. Um, my least favorite character is probably, again, this is just on an annoyance factor. My least favorite character is probably baby HW for crying too much <laughs> in, in a couple of scenes. And he at about you know eight nine o'clock at night when I watch the movie, I don't I don't want to hear a baby crying that late at night. And maybe I'm not ready for fatherhood uh, by watching. That. <laughs> maybe that's saying more about me than baby HW. <laughs> but um yeah, baby HW. I know um you know calm it down and thank God Daniel put some rum in, on your uh on your bottle to to stop you from crying. So uh, yeah, baby HW, tone it down a bit on the uh, on screaming and crying. We don't need that in my movie. But that imagine, was such a cool go ahead. I was just gonna say, imagine like nowadays you're rolling around with your baby just in a box like he was. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you get some dirty looks from other parents. They probably scream at you. It was such a cool foreshadowing too, the way he got baptized with the oil. Like yep. he, you know, he got it rubbed on his forehead in the beginning of the movie. Again, just a little thing that I noticed, and I was like, All right, how is this gonna come into play? And you know, obviously with the all the religious undertones of the movie. I thought that was just like such a cool little thing they did right in the beginning there. Yeah, I don't want to carry my baby, you know, in a basket in the supermarket and everybody's yelling at me, bastard from a basket, and I have to <laughs> fucking run out before paying. <laughs> all right, so no one's going to be able to steal your favorite character this week, Robbie. No, thank God. <laughs> I think I said, I didn't even set it up that way, but thank God I'm, I'm able to go first. Uh yeah, my favorite character, I mean, I'm sure I'll have multiple of the same picks, I think, maybe, but my favorite character is Daniel Plainview. Um, I understand he's a, you know, piece of shit, greedy bastard, manipulative bastard, but it's just one of my favorite performances of all time. He makes the movie. He is the movie. Like I said, he's in every single scene except for maybe one or two. Everything about him is just amazing from him. And I'm not going to get into every specific scenes, but when Eli comes to get his Monday and he smacks him around and, and dunks his head <laughs> in the oil to the I drink your milkshake scene, um, the way he's just, you know, moving his body around and just fucking playing that character in that scene. Um, the competition scene, that was just an amazing, you know, monologue and speech. 
everything about him, the way he played this character, the, from the voice to the probably the best uh, mustache on screen of all time, I think. <laughs> I mean, the guy killed it. That was a thick mustache, I wish. Um, but yeah, uh, there's there's so much I could say, um, but I'll leave it for some scenes that I, that I liked about him. But Daniel Plainview makes the movie one of the greatest characters to ever grace the screen. And like I said, in my top 10 uh, characters and performance of all time. So there's nobody else I could have picked. So I told you guys there was one, something I wanted to say last night, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. And there is a couple things that took me out of the movie by Daniel by Daniel Day. And it's I don't think it's his fault at all. But there was just a couple of times and lines that he sounded exactly like Larry David playing George Steinbrenner. <laughs> and, and I almost lost it a couple of times. And one of them was when he was getting baptized in the church. I, I wish I wrote down the lines, but there was just a couple of things that he said. I was like, oh, my God, that is that is George Steinbrenner <laughs> from Seinfeld right there. But yeah, you're right, Robbie. Just what, what a what a fantastic performance. Um, I'm going to have to go chalk too. Sorry, Ryan and take Paul Dano. He's just, Fuck you guys. I'm sorry. I mean, like come on, okay. the two, the two easiest picks in uh, probably any movie we've ever done besides probably, Terminator. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, he was just, like I said, I mean, anybody that can go toe to toe with Daniel day Lewis like that. And you felt like they were on the same level. Um, it is just, is something to be commended. And, and, and that's saying something too, is like how much I hated him as a character like just his smugness, you know, the, you know, all the, the performance he put on in, in the church and trying to find ways to needle Daniel, even though like Robbie said, he's just such a piece of shit, but you can't help but root for him against Eli. Um, he's just from the second he, you know, he, he's trans just tra- excuse me, transitions over to Eli to the absolute last scene of the movie. He was just right on par uh, with Daniel. So it's, it's gotta be Paul Dano for me. Fair. And I mean, we could very easily maybe in the future have Daniel Day-Lewis week and Paul Dana week. I mean, they're both in some amazing movies. Daniel Day-Lewis, obviously, Gangs of New York. This one, uh, Last Mohicans. Um, Paul Dano's in a bunch of good ones. Um, Little Miss Sunshine. Swiss Army Man, which is a great film. If, uh, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. Same director did that. It's oh, cool. Paul Dano and Harry Potter. I mean, I'm into it. That. Um, and a couple of Ruby Sparks is a movie I like with Paul Dano. And, uh, you know, he's in a bunch of things. But so if you pick Daniel and you picked Eli, I'm going to pick Paul Dano as Paul because technically <laughs> that's a no, I'm just uh, I think it. Of all like the other characters, I mean, I think I have to pick HW. Um, you know, I thought his performance was great. The you know the, he was, um, the scene as an adult when he goes into Daniel's office is obviously fantastic, but like all the scenes with him as you know not as the baby but as the like ten year old ish in that realm, that kid actor was great. Um, you know going deaf and like just everything he was going through and all that. So I, I'll pick him. I mean, um, if I went first or second, I probably would have picked one of your guys, but I really like this kid in, in this, and this character is very good. And then seeing him as an adult and Daniel just dropping the fucking orphan hammer on him, like a piece of shit. 
Um, wild. You know, I was just, it just popped into my head. And like, Daniel almost reminds me of like Vince McMahon. Like nothing fucking matters except making money. And I don't even care if it's like at the expense of my kids. Right. Um, so just so many different vibes from him. Like, like I said, Aviator, Vince McMahon. It's just, I, I love it. He's, but you know, don't you, an industrialist, he's, I think that's, I don't know if it's always true, but that's probably most people's ideas of how these type of people are, where they're just, it's just, money at all costs i don't give a fuck about anyone else and i'll step on anyone's neck to get to what i want um yeah whether that's control money you know power whatever influence sorry robbie you gonna think say something no basically the same thing but i was gonna it's a question like don't you think like these people are like you have to be wired that way i feel like a sociopath yeah. I, I i feel like nobody that's in control of things are generally nice people like whether you're uh you know ceo of a hedge fund or you know facebook or you know tesla i i feel like you you have to have that in you like as a as a whole killer instinct, cold bastard kind of. yeah killer instinct yeah. like sociopath type type person it just it just ingrained in you yeah i think that there's probably a handful of like CEO slash founders of companies that like the company just took off and they like, you know, they made a bunch of money and whatever. But yeah, the people most times, if you're in the C-suite, you have some sociopathic tendencies because you have to be ruthless to like get to that next level. Like any, not anyone, but most people nice or not nice can probably get to middle management. But when to get higher than that, like, or to, have your own company be successful you have to stamp out competitors and just fucking be a killer i guess it's interesting too like i wonder if uh hw was his real son if he would have done the same thing and i, I kind of feel question. like maybe not but i don't know man if you've you've brought him up since Baby. literally he was a you know an infant but he he's so ruthless that you know i don't know he he killed but you can't even say he killed his own brother too because it wasn't his brother but the fact that he thought of him as his brother for so long and he still had no problem pulling that trigger i don't know they're they're two kind of really difficult questions to answer because of of the body of work you saw from daniel and just you know all of his ruthlessness ruthlessness throughout the whole entire movie I want to say that he would still do it, even if it was real son, but I, I don't really know. I don't know. I think there was, uh, I'd have to watch it again, but I don't, I feel like there was times when he showed he cared to HW Daniel when no one else was around. Now, clearly like when other people were around, he was, you know, hamming it up for in his mind. Like, you know, if I'm a family man, I look more trustworthy and things like that. But I'm pretty sure that there was times when it was just them two that that he showed like he cared. But it, I mean, the second that uh, HW went deaf, he was just like, ah, fucking, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like you, mentioned, conductor. yeah like, like you mentioned, you know, there's all those scenes where like they're sleeping in the bed together and he's like holding him. And he, right. he is he is super sweet with him for for a lot of the movie in the beginning, like even the the whole quail scene between the two of them, right. you know, he, he's so fatherly towards him 
like there's you don't see any of that hint of like you can kind of see the businessman behind you know the behind his character throughout it but he does take the time to to teach hw and and be a father to him right and i but i wonder like in my head i'm thinking of like multiple things but like did daniel evolve to become the ruthless businessman probably did he have some of those elements in him yeah of course you don't get successful without that but like was then his whole for lack of a better word, shtick with HW was it to build that relationship. So HW trusted him and he could like manipulate him and use him the way he wanted. Or did he actually have some of those fatherly feelings for him? And then he just conveniently was able to use him. I I don't know. I mean, maybe at first it was that, and then it kind of slowly evolved as he gained more power and more influence. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was a snowball effect. Like as he saw how much power he was getting, like by the end, nothing mattered except more power, more money. And honestly, I really think at the end of the day, it was more power than money. I, I don't know that he really cared about the money. Like he want he you know he had that dream of having the big house, but I don't think the the money ever ma- ma- Excuse me, mattered. It was the power that he got from all of that. Yeah, could be. All right. Um, should we do scenes? Let's do them. Let's start with let's start with least favorite because I think this will be quick slash maybe semi non-existent with two tens. <laughs> do you guys yeah. have any least favorite scenes? Um, uh, you want to start again, Ryan? You want Robbie start? I mean, uh. I guess I'll start because I mean you guys both had the tens. I'm curious to to what you guys think. Um, I think, you know, I didn't have a ten, but nine point two is wicked high for me. There's not a lot of scenes I didn't like. Um, the The only thing that came to my head was basically the scene where HW gets injured and goes deaf, just because I don't like seeing children injured (laughs) i don't really have like a good scene that was like my least favorite there was times you know in the you know the church scenes that i was like all right like come on um but but it it was good for the movie and i liked it as a scene but i i'll go with that just because i don't really have a lot of choices that came to my head yeah for me i'm gonna i'm gonna bite what you said a little bit and say that my least favorite was the church scene with the arthritis even though still a great scene for the movie and and moves the story and and shows you (laughs) yeah what's going on it just it gave me the vibes of that have you seen the the clip from COVID-19 of that one pastor that's like COVID-19 and he like blows it and like everybody's like cheering going nuts um so it just for giving me those vibes, I hated it. But again, like I said, not a bad scene. Um, just the one that gave me the ick the most. I kind of want to go to like one of those services just to like check it out. But I feel like I would get upset and leave. Yeah. But I'm just like interested like to see what it's all about. But I probably won't. <laughs> Mega church, Ryan. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I saw back in the day, I went to this thing where it was like these fucking muscle dudes were like ripping phone books and like breaking baseball bats like because 
because God gave them the power to do these things, but they were like fucking monster muscle dudes. That's the closest <laughs> I've gotten. <laughs> My favorite one is that guy on the internet when he's uh, he's in church and you know he's talking to the pastor and he said, uh, he said I'm not gay no more. <laughs> I like woman. Woman. I am delivered. So thank God the good Lord got the, the gayness out of him. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite scenes of the uh clips of all time. Love it. Um yeah, any least favorite scenes for you, Robbie? My least favorite scene isn't a scene that I like actually hated because I didn't really hate any scenes. It's it's my least favorite scene because of how hurtful it was to HW. Uh, and that's when he and that's when he tells him that he is an orphan and just scorches HW because he wants to follow in his father's footsteps and uh, start a business down in Mexico, you know, drilling for oil. And it's yeah. just a, it's just a ruthless. And it just shows you like who Daniel has become and how broken he is and how his dream of, you know, being alone is, is fulfilled and how he doesn't care about anybody but himself. And it's just so hurtful. I mean, yeah, leaving him on the train, but bringing him back as a 10 year old, of course that, that has, you know, long lasting effects on a child's mind and brain, but to go your whole life thinking that somebody's your dad and he just shits on you and tells you he's not, uh, it's just a, a devastating scene and it's an extremely hurtful scene. And uh, you, it captures all various emotions of how much you hate Daniel and how much you feel bad for HW, though you couldn't feel bad for HW enough in this movie. And then he gets hit with the orphan and the, the bastard from a basket as he's walking out is just. Mm-hmm and insane to me so that's my least favorite scene because of the emotional toll it kind of took good choice yeah it is a good choice any consolation uh or the consolation is he couldn't hear him screaming bastard in the basket on his that's way true. out i forgot about that's actually good <laughs> yeah that's a good thing piece of shit all right um favorite scene robbie yet again Holy hell. No one's stealing your shit. Oh man, I got so many favorite scenes. Yeah. Um fuck. This is tough. Uh I'm gonna have to go chalk and uh go with the uh the the final scene, the drinking milkshake scene. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tour de force of of acting from Daniel Day Lewis. It just shows you who Eli truly is. Um, and I feel like that's mainly, I don't want to generalize the religious population, but I feel like that's mainly who those type of preachers are. Yeah. Uh, snake oil salesmen, you know, getting money and, and manipulating people for their own gain. And I, I just love how, like Benny said previously, how Daniel just tells Eli that I am the third revelation, that I am, I am like God, like Benny said, how much oil controls the country and it still does to this day. It's just an amazing scene. I mean, anybody that eats a steak with their hands is fucking A plus to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he was chugging, um, if that was vodka or water, but it's just, and Paul Dano is so good in that, but Daniel Day-Lewis just acts circles around him in that scene. Just like I said, the way his body is, you know, the way he moves and he's dancing, and then the whole milkshake thing is just, is just fantastic. And then, him just screaming, uh, screaming drainage at, at top was just uh, just amazing, and I don't know. It's just one of my favorite scenes. It ends the movie perfectly. 
And <laughs> it's not funny, but it is funny when he smashes him over the, the head with the the bowling pin and he kills him. And then he's just sitting there with no remorse. And then his butler comes down and he's like, uh, Mr. Daniel. And then Daniel goes, I'm finished. And then the movie just ends like that. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the best endings of all time. And it, like yeah. Benny said, like, I'm sure when he, when it ended, he was probably like, looked at I and was like, what the fuck? You know, what <laughs> yeah, the yeah. fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. No, so, it was so great to too. Scene. And I don't, I don't, think it's an open ending like i'm pretty confident that the butler calls the police and he goes to jail and that's how his life ends like and and i think that that's what that i'm finished line is too i think he just thinks like really you think so yeah i I really do maybe it's not so open-ended i mean maybe it is open-ended then because that's that's what i feel like that i'm finished is is just like he's done it all like at this point i conquered my last hurdle yeah and like that yeah whatever like i'm done like what else is there for me to do at this point um and yeah and i I, you know i don't think and i think that's a juxtaposition of like him killing his quote-unquote brother uh harry henry or whatever his name was henry and getting away with it like because he had something to offer and it was just a different time and now this is you know the 1920s um yeah that that's how i took it like he's he's finished he's done you know he's gonna go to jail now and that's it i don't know i disagree i mean i don't think similar to henry a a man of his influence and wealth and power probably not i'm sure the butler just took the body out with the garbage and you know i mean he knows where his bread is buttered i I could see i think but yeah i i could see it but the, the the thing that made me not think so is the fact that Eli comes in saying like he's famous now, like he's got this radio show and like as powerful as Daniel is, the fact that he killed somebody, I guess it's maybe not nationally known, but like known in their their circles. I don't know. I don't feel like there's a way out of that for him. I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this when with Henry's death, like back though, back then, like you could say or do like almost anything if you are influential enough like you know if you're a poor person um and someone just says benny killed that that guy and you don't have any influence like that's it you're going to jail you might even put to death for something that you didn't even do daniel day lewis could just be like he fell i don't know and the butler would be like yeah i saw him fall and then it's that open and shut case. Like there's yeah. no DNA. There's nothing. That's it. You know what? Too like, I agree. Maybe it is a little bit more open, and then it could have gone either way. But I almost don't want to debate it because, like, you almost don't even need it. Like, there's that's it. Oh, just, no. that that's just the end. And and I love that we're having this conversation now. But I almost don't want it to like taint the way I think at the end of the movie. Cause like Robbie said, just the way that that's how it ends with I'm finished and it's so great. I mean, yeah, you know, that's just kind of what I extrapolated from it, but I can hundred percent see your point too, where it just gets, he just gets thrown out and no one ever hears from him again. Yeah. No. I, and I see your point too. Like him saying I'm finished is like, I've done it all. That's it. I'm, I'm done. I don't care what happens to me anymore, but I also kind of see it like I'm finished you're my butler clean up this mess like i'm finished <laughs> yeah, that, with dinner yeah, yeah. now 
that's a good point. That's a really good point. Robbie, any thoughts? You break the stalemate here? No, I just think that he said, "Hey, but Butler, um, you know, come get my steak and uh, <laughs> my my you know alcoholic beverages, and then when you're at it, clean this guy's brain matter off the uh, off the bone thing because I got a seven ten. I'm about to split. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just I, I, I honestly like that thought didn't even come to my head that he was just thinking like what Benny said. I I I didn't think that. I just think that it's a good thought. It's something that maybe there will be blood too. We'll come out and, we'll, and Dan, <laughs> Danny goes to jail. But I just took it as, hey, I'm done with this. Clean this up. You're my butler. And I'm going to go back into the hallway and shoot uh, a bison head from 500 <laughs> yeah. feet away. I also thought that 25th hour was going to be about that we're doing dying from a dog bite. So <laughs> take it as you will. <laughs> All right. Well, no, it's, a, I, it's, a good, uh, it's a good point. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from, why you would think that. Um I just I don't think that's what it was, but you could like maybe Paul Thomas Anderson said something about it or something. But either way, I, I don't care, to be honest. I think Me the ending is, yeah. is almost is perfect. We don't need it doesn't matter what happens after. He's just like, I'm finished. I have I've did what I was supposed to do. I bowled a strike here on this man's skull. <laughs> Yeah, like you like you said, I mean, if if you're right and I'm wrong, it doesn't take away anything from no. me. Yeah. Um, and same but, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what we need to do? I think we need to have Paul Thomas Anderson on the pod. If you're Please. listening, Paul. Uh, mo- most likely you are. You're involved in the September sweeps. Yeah. Come on the show. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Let us know. Please. <laughs> um wow. So Oh, it's I think it's me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think so. Um, my favorite scene in a way it includes Ryan's least favorite scene. It's the, the fire at the oil rig and it's yes, it's a crazy set piece and there's so much chaos going on and it's all filmed like perfectly, but Daniel day Lewis in that scene, just the, the calmness that he has. And one of my favorite lines is when Mance Raider comes over to him and he's like, nice. <laughs> and he's like, that's where he's H- from. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and HW is like, uh, he's like, is HW okay? And he's just like, no, I don't believe he is. And like, <laughs> yeah. just that like ice cold stare he has. It becomes night. It becomes day. They bring in the the fire extinguishers and that revelation that he has of how much oil is actually underneath the ground. If that's what's happening, he gives like obviously he gives a fuck about what's happening to HW. But what's going on under the ground? He just has that revelation. Like, I don't care how long this fucking thing burns because there is an ocean of oil under here and it's going to make me incredibly rich. And I just loved the way that he played that scene and how all the chaos was going on around him. And he was just sitting there stoically and just doing the math in his head and and understanding the situation that they were in. I just thought it was fantastic. And I love that scene so much because... Like you kind of know something's about to happen, HW, but then when something does happen, then that score starts building up in the background. Yeah. And then it builds up even more when Daniel jumps out from where he is to run to, you know, to run to HW. But even like you said, he's just a man's asks about um HW and he's like, Yeah, he's not gonna he's he's not gonna be okay. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. What do you and he kind of looks at him, he's like, What are you looking so miserable for? Like you said, there's a whole yeah. ocean of oil underneath here, and only I can get to it. And yeah, he doesn't, I'm sure he cares about HW, but in the moment, he all he cares about is how much money he's about to make from this oil. So, and HW doesn't matter. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, why the? I mean, not off topic, but like, why the fuck is anyone letting him like stick his face over the hole where oil's gonna potentially blow out of? I don't know, whatever. Kids, kids will be kids. He's an oil boy. He's a kid. It, yeah, yeah. If 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 Daniel's an oil man, HW's an oil boy. That's right. <laughs> Big oil guy. Big oil guy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good scenes. I think, and I remember when I was watching it, I remember thinking like, "Ooh, this might be my favorite scene," and it's the scene when they, um. Fletcher and Daniel are just like I forget what exactly they're doing. They're just like walking around the um the oil field. And Eli comes up to Daniel asking him about money. And basic almost before his sentence ends, Daniel just slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. And like that whole scene with with Daniel just fucking losing it on him. Like instantaneously slapping him, pushing his face in the in the mud. But like it wasn't just about that, which I did love, was the way it was shot. Um, I don't I don't know. I just remember watching it and being like, Well, I really like this scene. Maybe it was because of Daniel's high boots. I don't know. <laughs> but I really like that scene a lot. So I'm gonna pick that one because you guys took uh the other two that i was thinking i think it's so good because um i really believe that daniel lewis is actually slapping him oh that's how much of an insane actor he is and i love that scene as well because he calls him out he daniel calls him out on his bullshit yeah i forgot like word for word what he says but basically he's implying you know where's your guard now it's like why can't he heal my son's uh you know from being dead and yeah, I love yeah, that because yeah. he saw him doing that bullshit arthritic scene with the uh, with the old lady. Yeah, and he's just calling him out. He's like, "All right, well, well, why can't you heal my son?" Yeah, yeah. What? And then Paul's um, or Eli's pathetic attempt to be like, "Well, this wouldn't have happened if you let me bless the yeah. oil well yeah. and this and yeah. that." Like, so funny. But yeah, oh, I just yeah. I just loved oh like this. He just snaps. Start smacking the shit out of him, and you're right. Daniel Day Lewis was probably like to Paul Dano, like, "Listen, I'm gonna really slap you." And Paul Dano is like, "All right, you're Daniel Day Lewis. You do whatever you want." Yeah, <laughs> bless me. Yeah, um, I'll go with one Ani Mensch now. I'll do, we'll just I'll just do one at a time because I'm sure I don't want to steal anybody's Ani Menches too. But um, my Ani Menches is, is the two scenes with the guys trying to buy the land from yeah. Daniel and especially the second one, the tension and, you know, Daniel going from being in this great mood with, with getting HW back and we're going to have stakes and, you know, and then they walk in and Daniel almost gets like forgot about, and he kind of does get forgotten about and just how much that fucking drives him insane and he can't take it. And he goes and gets the drinks and he walks over and he's like, you know, in the guy's face, and talking about something that everybody else at the table doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, but he's screaming in his face, takes his whiskey, drinks it. 
He puts the, the napkin over his face at one point. He's just out of fucking control. And you can see how much it's driving him crazy. And I love it. And like, you know, again, with the with just the tension that builds in that scene where you I kind of thought something like crazy was going to happen and he was going to like start swinging or like fucking kill someone. Yeah. But uh, just, that was just such a great scene, too. Two big steaks. <laughs> Whiskey for me. Some goat's milk. And I love it, too. He got so fucking angry. He goes up to the bar and he goes, I believe we ordered these drinks before those gentlemen did. And he yeah. just gets so angry about it because his drinks didn't come out first. <laughs> but why do you think he put the fucking napkin over his head? I'm still baffled. By yeah, him. I don't know why. He did that. I just think he because at, at one point I was like, is he concerned that like HW is going to read his lips? But I don't think so. I don't think he cares. Like HW knows everything that he knows when it comes to. Uh, his business and everything like that. I just think he's just going fucking nuts, man. And it's just those <laughs> little things that he does. And like, there's a couple moments and like Robbie, you mentioned like his movements. I forget what scene it was, but he does like a little weird dance for no yeah. reason, just like in the middle of the scene. I'm like, what is that? But it's dude, it's just, and you know, there's so many thoughts on method acting and, you know, we got a lot of that talk during succession, but and I don't want to say it's, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what worked for him. But you got to wonder how fucking great, like, what is, what must your mind be like at that point where it's just completely consuming you? This character's completely taken over you as a person. Um, and I think that's where you get those little things, like the, the napkin over the face or the weird dancing, the weird movements. Um, and I think that's just attributed to just the way that whole character takes over him. And I think we we said it um, that Jeremy Strong was like an understudy or of Daniel Day Lewis. So that's where like he gets it from, yeah, assistant or something like that. But I I heard something where Daniel Day Lewis was playing Macbeth, I think, on a on not Broadway but on stage, like maybe in London or whatnot, and he drove himself like insane to the point where he was like, I, I I'm I'm seeing like the ghost of Macbeth in my sleep or something like that and he just fucking vanished and he didn't do the play no more or something like that like he just drove himself completely insane like an absolute <laughs> psychopath but that i think the scene where he talked about where he like just dances was in the bowling alley scene where he comes back with the whole the milkshake thing I, it's just some of his his movements i mean he definitely does it in that scene but it's like it's somewhere in the middle of the movie the one that i'm talking about it's like a weird like like he was like dancing like a shimmy yeah um but yeah, it's it's a shame. Like he obviously, like we said, takes such a toll on him to the point with Macbeth and to the point where he quit acting in 97 after was it Boxing Man or Boxing Day, whatever movie he was in. Like he he quit acting then. Was the too. fight? No, it wasn't the fighter. Uh, or the boxer or something like that. The boxer, like, he, like something like that. So, so yeah, he's I mean, this is the second time he's quit acting. And, you know, you, you see how much that that takes a toll on him. He'll be back. Psychopaths will be back. I was talking to Anthony today. I was like, what do you think his comeback movie is going to be? Because you know at some point he's coming back. Yeah. And have you seen pictures of him recently? Nah. Wild. Like long white hair. Really? Just like trucker hat and like scraggly like he is. He's, it's, uh, I was saying, what, what, not, not that I think he's getting prepared for all. I think he's just being a mountain man at this point. But like, I wonder 
what pulls him back because you know he's doing at least one more film before he dies oh yeah i think he like quit and like made shoes in like italy for like three years like a fucking lunatic <laughs> things like that like it's I, just I think insane he he got into like camping and hunting and stuff like that wow yeah, like, yeah he I, looks I was like, like a fucking weirdo i was listening to a podcast and they said that when he was doing last of the mohicans he was like trying to help like the builders build the set and he was fucking up so bad. They were like, hey, guy, go <laughs> get out of here. Like, we got this. <laughs> they gave it was like a shit like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Like one of them they... plastic, like kid fucking hammers. <laughs> yeah. Go build, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go build this erector set. Yeah. Make a TP. It's it's so it's so insane to me. But I mean, you don't get I mean, it's crazy, but you don't get these type of performances if, if that's not who he is. And I mean, like you said, seeing him just slowly go insane in this movie it's it's funny it's sad but it's also funny because it's crazy like case in point to you, like your honorable mention scene it's just a fantastic scene yeah any other ani mentions before i steal some more um i want to throw out the opening scene um you know him in the hole digging for silver getting hurt um it just i loved the first couple of scenes of this movie where you come you get completely like where this guy came from like in just a couple of short scenes it's like he's a minor he's by himself he slowly you know gets some money together and then finds oil and then starts building up and building up and building up and then by the time he gets to uh i guess you know with paul um he's our you know he's kind of on his way but that was his big score is uh it was that one I have two. I'll just do one right now because I don't want to steal um, Benny's if he if he has one. Um, it's the competition scene. It's just, just like you said, Ryan. Like the the first fourteen, eighteen minutes or whatever shows you who he is and what he's built and the character that he is. This shows you, you know, how evil he is and what he will do to succeed. And I don't know, man. I I have some quotes here. I just find it so like I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. I'm joining the club, Daniel. Um, <laughs> and I just thought that's so funny. Like, I, I thought it was such a great scene to show you, you know, who he is. He's like, I don't want to talk about these things. I see the worst in people. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. I've built my hatreds over the years, little by little. It's just a beautiful, not beautiful, but I mean, it just shows you who he is. And I yeah. think that's mo- who most people are. I think that's the Zuckerbergs now and the, the Musks. That's just who they are. They're just driven by competition and wanting to just be the best and get everybody else out of here. And if you're on my side, fantastic. If you're not, then you're just, you know, you're part of the competition and I'm trying to wipe you out. Yeah, great scene. For me, my second Ani Mensch is the, the baptism scene when when daniel gets baptized it's just fucking out of control it's you know he is just like at his most psychopathic and just some of the lines he said like i said that's where i got some of the george steinbrenner stuff but you know the i abandoned my child i abandoned my boy just incredible you know you could see like him grinding his teeth through the whole thing just to get through it just so he can get what he wants like always doesn't matter what it is if he has to do it he's gonna do it um yeah it's just just again just two great actors going at it in that scene 
And he mentions that under his breath too, about yeah. getting the the um yeah what the hell is it the pipeline yeah I uh, I but- actually rewound that scene and turned on the subtitles because I wanted to like if I was like did he say the pipeline and it, yeah good catch um I want to ask you a question and maybe Ryan after my honorable mention but my other honorable mention is when he finds out that Henry is a fraud. And about the Petrie dance, but just the way it's fucking shot in the ocean. Love and it. the glare, the glare he's sta- he has he's staring at, he's like, this motherfucker. He's like, yeah. I trusted this. Yeah, it's like I, I found him out. And just the way it's shot oh, it is amazing. Shit. With, with the waves crashing. That one's so and he good. Just sta- he's just you just get the camera like the the camera's coming up with the waves and it just focuses on Daniel's face and he's so fucking angry. Yeah. Dude, I'm so stupid. I didn't realize that's how he figured it out. Ah, I'm so dumb. Did you oh, think Ryan, cut the, it... Ryan, end, end the podcast, please? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, why? Why did that line turn him? You know what it was? I think it was Henry like kept putting his head down like he was just almost done with the conversation where I was more concerned with like, why is Henry acting like that? Then why? I almost thought Daniel was like, why is this dude being a fucking weirdo? Like, yeah. I'm going to go back into the ocean and like kind of try to figure out what the fuck is going on with him. I, I'm i so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. Kenny, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the intensity on his face. I love that you get so much without saying anything. And I thought it was unbelievable. Uh, that's a good call. That scene is amazing. And I love that when he figures out the Peachtree dance. And just his fucking face. He's just like, this motherfucker. <laughs> all right. And then, and I forgot about that. And I, when I saw that and I was like, all right, what is he at? He's got to ask him something else to try and suss him out. And uh, yeah, then the next scene, I was, what a good, what a good scene. Damn. Oh, then, then you see his absolute vitriol and hatred for him in the next scene. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I'm ready. I'm going to blow you, not blow you away, but I'm. it's over for you. Yeah. Um, you guys have any more? Probably, but if you have more, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, what did I have? The oh, the, just the just the first time he, you know, gives his "I'm an oil man" speech. Yeah, right. A true a true snake oil salesman, a true politician. You know, saying anything using young HW as a pawn. To, to show people that he's a true family man, you know, basically giving people, you know, you guys don't have any bread. Bread's bread's the best. I'll get I'll get you bread. I'll yeah. get you all this. We'll have this yeah. up and running. The best schools, this and that. Sent like what what any true politician will say to get some votes. And again, yep. each scene basically is just showing you who he is throughout the movie. And I just I just love every bit of that. Yeah, I also love the first like place he was gonna do the. I'm an oil man scene uh, speech. And then he realized that they were fractured. And he was just like, I'm out of here. See you later. (laughs) I don't care how much money you give me. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not dealing with this bullshit, which is, I mean, smart. The, uh, I know you guys haven't seen it. um, And I'm not going to say why, but that the oil man speech and not because there's any speech like this in the movie, but it just, it was giving me vibes of Oppenheimer. There's about one specific part of the movie. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, between The Aviator and Oppenheimer, there were just so many like movies that this made me think of. And, you know, I, I maybe that's why I liked it so much. 
is because of, of all the vibes that I was getting from the movie. But, you know, it was I can't wait to you guys watch Oppenheimer because I, I want to hear the guys thoughts on that, too. Yeah. Agree. I, I think what Sam said. He said, I'm going to I'm an Adam Bob man. That was a speech, yeah, right? that was it. Oh, okay. That's how, yeah, yeah. Him and Albert Einstein went, walked in together holding hands. Figured that. <laughs> this is my I son. I forgot to mention Albert. <laughs> and I, I, I forgot to mention huge dialogue movie. And that's why I love the book about it as well. So hey, there it is. But I wanted yeah. to men- ask a question. I don't know what your guys' favorite acting performances are of all time, but like, where do you rate this Daniel Day Lewis performance? Very high. Very I hot. think if you put a gun to my head right now, I think my favorite acting performance of all time is Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. I think that would be it for me. Just like, like I said, again, another movie like right from the beginning where I'm just like locked in all the different languages he speaks in the movie, just his character, his cockiness, the way he snivels at the end. It's just, that's probably why it's, you know, if you're going to ask me what my favorite movie is, I would say that. Um, but yeah, I think that's my number one, but this is definitely up there for me. Yeah, agree. I don't know if I could definitely say like, I need to think about it, but this is definitely like, yeah, top five, top 10, like for sure. It's so good. I mean, maybe, maybe eclipsed by a handful of performances. It's, it's a very good, very good performance. Um, yeah, I don't know. Me, probably his best. I mean, I love you know. Last Mohicans was good. Um, Gangs in New York, he was very good in. Um, there's I haven't seen all of his movies. I don't believe, but pretty much most of them. Yeah, it I don't know. it made Would me you... want to go. It made me want to go back and rewatch Lincoln. It made me want to watch Gangs of New York. Obviously. Um, Something about the name of a movie being My Left Foot just makes me feel weird. <laughs> but I mean, from from what I've seen and read, I mean, a lot of people say that that might be his best performance. Um, but I definitely want to at some point soon do a, a Daniel Day week because, you know, I, I'd be pumped to watch any of those movies. But Robbie, what do you think? Like, where does this rank for you? Oh, my God. Definitely top 10, top five. Like I said before, like I, I agree with you, Christoph Waltz in Inglourious Bastards. I've think DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street is just top notch. If I'm doing like obviously like Pacino and De Niro in Godfather or De Niro and like Raging Bull, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely in my top ten. I'm trying to think, but like Christoph Waltz is up there, man. I I just loved everything about him in that movie. But again, like DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street, he's just on it from fucking start to finish. It's just a tour de force. I love him in that movie. Um yeah, I don't know. It's tough, but this is this is up there. We should have like a uh, like a best actor draft or like best fake actor draft in like movies. We should. We definitely just should. like yeah, like picking like um, Jules Winfield like in the fifth round or something like that, like shit like that. Oh my god, wow. sleeper pick. That's uh, that's a good that's a good value pick. His ADP is typically higher than that. <laughs> I, I think I think his his ADP in Diamond Leagues was like third. He was yeah. going to take like third round. Um, but even even then, you mentioning Leo and Wolf of Wall Street makes me think of Leo in Django. Yeah. Just yeah. how fucking crazy he is in that movie. So He's a lunatic. Uh, any more Ani mentions? 
No, we're just going to no. say the whole movie at this point. I, I know, really. <laughs> it, um, that's the thing. Like, there's so many good scenes in this movie. Like, I feel like leaving anything out is a fucking crime. Yeah. No, just, I mean, especially, you know, with you guys giving it tens, like, the whole movie is your favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I hit play to when I fucking turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if if we have anything, but is there anything you guys could think of to have made this movie better? Give me another 30 minutes. That's going to be the first yeah. time I say this. Give me another 30. I would have been locked in. Not yeah. necessarily. Didn't have to be at the end. It it could have been. Anywhere, could have been yeah. yeah. Like throughout the movie, I would have been all in to get more of the story. Yeah. Although I also I agree. Another, you know, couple scenes or whatever. I the ending was so perfect, but I love to know what happens. I I don't think if you added on anything to this ending, it would have made it better. But I do love to like when movies do the like and then uh, <laughs> Daniel text. Plainview went to college and got his dream <laughs> job or like yeah. you know, something stupid like that. But yeah, I think more would probably be better. And like usually it's less, but this one definitely could have done more. Uh, or could have had more and I would have still loved it. Yeah. It's it's funny you say like that you need to know because I'm I'm the same way. Like I always want to know, like, well, always then what happened. Yeah. Then what happened? But I think that I changed with that a little bit with uh pulp fiction and okay. not knowing what was in the briefcase right. and just kind of reading about the theory, you know, about like it doesn't matter. Yeah. What's in the briefcase makes no difference to the story. Like, you know, what's important. That's all you need to know. Um, And that kind of like, I think normally I would have been not annoyed with this ending, but like, like you said, like, I need to know what happens. Yeah. I have my idea of what happened, but I'm completely fine. Not knowing like, that's it. That's the story. That's what you get. Yeah. Robbie, any thoughts? Uh, give me like three more hours of Daniel Day-Lewis. Give me a five-hour movie <laughs> of just him just bowling next to a, a deceased uh, Eli Sunday and just talk and imagine, just talking to him, talking to him while he's going mad. Imagine that was like the the credit scene is him just bowling <laughs> while his dead body lays there, like just yeah, calmly just like, bowling, like weekend at at Daniel's and just have Eli as the dead body and he's just carrying around talking to him. The the only thing that would have made the ending better. Is if instead of saying I'm finished, is he the butler walks in and he says, uh, Mr. Daniel, and he goes, Who do you think you are? I am. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. Oh man. Um, all right. Well, I do know of a way that we could make this movie better. And it's if we cast a young Matt Damon. In a role in this film, whether it's a, a role that exists or one that we invent. So, shall we play America's favorite and fastest growing game? Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's play Cast Matt Damon, you cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got the name. That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, Benny, you want to go first or? Sure. So I'll tie this into my how can I make this movie better? Please. We make it we make it longer. And instead of Paul Dan, uh, Paul Dano playing Paul Sunday. Matt Damon plays 
Paul Sunday, and we just get a couple more scenes with him in it. How about that? I love it. Love it's it. not, you know, listen, it's not, it's not the best one I've come up with, but I would have liked it. I love it. Robbie, would you like to go? Or would you like me to go? Sure. Uh, give me a young, lean, not so clean 19th <laughs> century, 20th century, <laughs> Matt Damon, dirty, not so preteen. I'm going to be, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to cast him as a character not seen in this movie, but kind of implied and talked about give me matt damon as john d rockefeller oh and just <laughs> and just give me a couple scenes of him and daniel going toe to toe standard oil versus daniel's uh oil company and just fighting over a couple pieces of land to make this movie about a three and a half hour epic uh matt damon is as john d rockefeller going up toe to toe with Daniel Day Lewis, even though I think he get his bees blown off in in a scene with the uh, the god Daniel Day. So yeah, give me um, give me Matt Damon, young, lean, uh, probably probably mean smelly teen. Yeah, mean oily, teen. oily, greasy, uh, money smell like money fiend, smell like musk. Uh, probably riding on an elephant tusk uh, as John <laughs> D. Rockefeller. Fantastic. All right, I'm gonna cast a young, strong, smart, capable, virile Matt Damon as Frank Sunday, the third brother. Okay. So it's not actually twins, it's fraternal triplets. I don't know if that's a thing, but Paul <laughs> and Eli look exactly the same, but Frank looks like Matt Damon. And Frank comes Sexy. in. Yeah, just sexy. Not that Paul Dano's not sexy. He's sexy. Paul, I know you're listening. Come on. <laughs> and Frank Sunday actually also tries to get money from <laughs> Day Lewis, and he kills him with the bowling ball instead of a bowling pin. Because <laughs> he wants to go to Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> I just need five grand to go to Harvard. <laughs> Think about this when... We didn't talk about this, but fucking Eli rolls up to Daniel's house and says, I want a hundred K in 1927 for the land rights to the fucking the, the um, area that's already been drained like a hundred K. And then, of course, plus the five K, you still own <laughs> yeah, it with interest. Cheap bastard. I drink his milkshake, too. That motherfucker. <laughs> Benny, did you think there was a trick going on when you when you saw Paul Dano again as Eli? Um, no, because I just thought they looked very similar. I didn't realize until after when I saw that he played both. Um, I just thought they did a good job casting him. As yeah. Roger Ebert Ebert said, "Putting face, Paul Dano." Really? What? Yeah. What a dick. Yeah, he said a kind of pudding face. Is it Roger Ebert a fat slob? Well, he used to be dead now. Like he had like <laughs> half of his jaw removed as well. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot sure. about that. Really? Yeah, yeah he yeah. had like cancer or something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but well, he's still a, he was still very fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not lying. Why are you calling people pudding face? I don't get it. That is a funny insult, though. <laughs> it is. All right, Roger, you're back. <laughs> That's a funny insult. All right. Anyway. Um, one last 
fun fact I want to give you guys about this movie is the infamous milkshake scene was actually pulled from transcripts of the Teapot Dome scandal. I don't know if you really? guys read that. Yeah, yes, yes, interesting. I, I thought that was funny. My favorite named scandal, Teapot Dome scandal. Oh, what, a, so what a name. One of the best so of all great. time. Phil, I know you're listening. Come on the show and tell us about the Teapot <laughs> Dome scandal. Um, anything else that we want to talk about with There Will Be Blood that we didn't talk Yeah, about? I have one more quick Ani mention of a scene. It's Please. the it is the blessing of the rig with Mary. Oh, and, you so just, good. and you just see Eli there waiting to get called Stealing. up. And he just fucking Dan just fucking sticks it to him. And he knows that he's sticking it to him. And Eli knows he's getting it stuck to him. And he just slinks away like a little bitch afterwards. Fantastic. Love it. Amazing. Do you think that Eli may be sabotaged? the Derek to make it blow up or go on fire because he got, because he got snaked. No, but he definitely (laughs) had that look on him. Like, yeah, yeah. he's gonna, (laughs) yeah, I did that. Yeah. Oh, he was, there was nobody happier in the world. No. Than uh, Eli, when that thing went on fire, because he was just like, see, should have had me bless it. Yeah. Also young HW psychopath or not possible burning the house down. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about we didn't that. Talk about that. What was he trying to do? Was he trying to kill him? I think he was trying to kill a fake, fake plane view. I think so too. Because it was his know. bed that it went to. Yeah, that's true. And he chases him around, and he just carries him on his hip like a fucking <laughs> running back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was it, he was so good, man. It was so Daniel funny Lane. when he like walks out of the house and just catches his breath. For like 10 seconds and then just goes after him. <laughs> he's so he's I, I'm so glad that this won because it's so much better. I mean, Boogie Nights is fantastic and I love the movie as well. But just on his performance alone, it's just it just so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly went into this week not knowing what I wanted to watch. I think I did vote for There Will Be Blood. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely glad. Oh no, I I think you voted for Punch Drunk. I was just going to say, yeah, I think I voted for Punch Drunk Love. But when it came down to these two, this is the one I wanted to watch. So I'm so happy this one, obviously. No, this is the best of the three. I love all three of them. Uh, Boogie Nights, I love that one. Maybe we'll watch it. I don't know. I feel like I don't, you know, what? I don't want to say anything just in case you watch any of these. But I love all three, but There Will Be Blood is the best one of the three. All right. Maybe I'll, give, maybe I'll give Boogie Nights a 10 inch. Oh. We'll go from plums. Yeah, too, to egg that's too small. Yeah. <laughs> that's too yeah. small. You'll understand when you see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, anything else about There Will Be Blood or anything in general? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that um, you saw this movie, Benny, and enjoyed it as yeah. much as you did because it's so great. Yeah. Definitely, definitely very happy once this once this movie ended. Nice. You're an oil man, that's why. That's I really true. am. I've been saying it for years. Nobody believed me. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I always thought you were an oil man, but after this, I'm just it's definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> Is that what uh, we're saying for being a greasy Italian? 
Yeah, I was going to say I doused myself in olive oil right after the movie ended. (laughs) He had pizza drippings all over his fucking guinea tea. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We love you. Join us next week. Make sure you vote. It's your last chance to get in the sweeps. We'll announce the winner, I guess, on the next show. Um, And uh, I guess that's it. Robbie. Tom, good night. Good night, H.M. Tilford. One night, I'm going to come to you inside of your house, wherever <laughs> you're sleeping, and I'm going to cut your throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how else you can end it other than that. What a psycho. I fucking love it. <laughs>